This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. When a building's fate is settled, what can be done to save its memories? How can a community be engaged and given an opportunity to tell their story about that place? For Cumberland, Maryland-based photographer Michael Hunter Thompson, the answer is through detailed photography. On this week's PreserveCast, we're talking about how this photography project engaged thousands and underscored the power of place that preservationists around the nation should think about as they work to rally communities of their own. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're excited to be joined by photographer Michael Hunter Thompson, and we're going to be talking about a unique project that he's been working on um, to document a site and kind of go in-depth on the history of a site, and we're going to go into all of that and how photography, photography can be used uh, in a compelling way to do that. But before we get there, uh, we love to get to know folks. So, um, Michael, you know, where'd you grow up? Um, what led to this passion in photography? What's your, your career? Let us know a little bit about you. Okay. Yeah. I grew up here in Cumberland, Maryland in Western Maryland in Allegheny County. And I really got into photography. Uh, I've always been into art and, uh, there's a local gallery here, Allegheny Arts Council that does, uh, photography competitions, all, all kinds of gallery shows. And, uh, back in like 2011, uh, they did, uh, I entered one of the first, one of my first photography competition exhibitions and was uh, pleasantly surprised that I was accepted. So uh, it kind of got the bug into me to photography. And uh, it kind of has grown organically and rapidly from there. And uh, it's just one of those things that I have a, a huge passion for. So it's uh, a passion. For, yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say it's a passion, but what do you do professionally? Professionally, I'm a sales rep. Uh, so that's my day job. And this has turned into basically, <laughs> especially this particular project has turned into a, like a full-time, uh, job for the last couple of years. And you've grown up in Cumberland and have lived there your entire life. And for people who are listening, you know, we have a listenership all across the globe. Um, so tell people about where Cumberland is and kind of maybe, maybe paint a picture of what what Cumberland is as far as a town and the history of, of the place before we jump into the specific project. But I think kind of painting a picture of where you live would be important because I think for a lot of people, they don't know what that means. Sure. Cumberland is in Western Maryland, Allegheny County, far Western Maryland, uh, you know, more Western like than Hagerstown. Uh, we're out here on the, like the panhandle section of the uh, state. And it's just a quaint, very historical small town that used to, it used to be not very small, but uh, industry has led to uh, a lot of industry has gone out. It used to be called what's well, still called the Queen City uh, because it used to be the second most populated city in Maryland uh, behind Baltimore. And uh, so it has a lot of history. George Washington was here for the French and Indian War and the Whiskey Rebellion. And so there's a lot of cool uh, architectural stuff here, and, and it's really steeped in tradition and history uh, that possibly not too many people know about uh, out here. And uh, I think that uh, if people came here, it's you know, it's the mountains, it's Appalachia. Uh, you got a lot of traditions and history out out here in Western Maryland. 
so uh, let's take a step back. Um, for people who aren't familiar with uh, Allegheny High and the, the Fade to Blue project, which is what we're going to be talking about. So we talked a little bit about Cumberland and placed it in that. Um, and we're going to talk about this Allegheny High and the Fade to Blue project. But where is it? Um, what's your connection to Allegheny High and, and what's sort of Allegheny High's story? And then we'll talk about Fade to Blue. Okay, first off, I'm a 1999 graduate of Allegheny High School. It's here in Cumberland. Uh, there's two major high school, public high schools here in Cumberland that are both very historic. Allegheny High School being the first. Uh, that, you know, it opened up in 1887 uh, as like the first public secondary school in Allegheny County. Uh, it's been in many locations. Uh, it's currently in its sixth location, but the project is about the, its fifth location on Sedgwick Street here in Cumberland. My connection it goes a little bit deeper because my mom was actually the art teacher at Allegheny uh, on Sedgwick Street um, for uh, about 17, 18 years. After I graduated, she went there and taught art for about 17, 18 years. So, you know, um, <clears throat> plus it's a small town. You, you know all, all the people that go there. Um, you know, it's it's a it, there's Fort Hill and then there's Allegheny and high, high schools in, in, here in Cumberland that are public schools. And you're either Fort Hill or Allegheny. It's like one side of the town or the other side of the town. So you know everybody that went to Allegheny. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just a small town feeling. And so what prompted this? We're going to talk about the project, but what prompted all of this and what happened with Allegheny High? So Allegheny High, um, the the... The building on Sedgwick Street that this project is about is set to be raised actually starting next week. Uh, it was in, it was, I believe it was the uh, longest running, uh, continuously running high school in the state up until its closing in 2018. They built a new facility just because the, the, the old building was starting to be a little uh, run down and, and it was just old and a lot of uh, asbestos, you know, all that kind of thing. So what prompted this was I, I, I found out that the building was ultimately going to be raised. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth with the city and the county. What we were, what was going to happen to the building? Was it going to uh, was going to be repurposed? You know, there was a lot of back and forth for a while. It sat there basically abandoned when the new facility was uh, built about a couple miles, about a mile away. And it began to be vandalized and, you know, uh, the Board of Education and uh, the county took everything out of it. And when I found out that it was going to ultimately be raised, I thought that it needed to be uh, documented in, in some way. And that's kind of where I came in. So let's talk about the, the exhibit. If these halls could talk a tribute to Allegheny's Campobello, what was the emphasis for the exhibit? How did you pull it all together? Tell us about it. So I was up, I was up at the old school at the old building, and I had heard that it was going, you know, it had been vandalized. So I was very curious as to what it looked like inside. And I was up there with my daughters and my dog, just kind of walking around, showing them where I went to high school. And I looked into a window, and it, it just, it looked so cinematic, but bizarre at the same time, which really kind of fed into my photography brain. And I just thought to myself. I could stage a photo inside that gymnasium. That's where I looked in, into the window. Uh, there was all this dust all over the floor and you could see all these footsteps on the basketball court. And I just thought to myself, I could stage a photo in there. And what if I could get uh, alumni and former staff to come in and be the figures in the photograph? From there, it, it 
I, I put it out on Facebook to see if anybody would be interested in participating. And I got permission from the county to get inside the school. And it basically just exploded on Facebook where um, I ended up doing a 10 day session photo shoot with uh, about 500 participants, all former staff and alumni uh, dating back. The, the earliest one was the class of 1942 all the way up to the class of 2021. And I, I ended up doing about 30 uh, different locations inside and outside of the school, uh, basically trying to capture a coming of age, really, uh, every cross section of high school life I could, I could think of. And uh, I tell you, the, uh, it began as a photography project, then it turned into a community project, and then it kind of organically has turned into this uh, unique preservation effort at all at the same time. So it's really kind of evolved from the initial idea, the inception of it, and the, and the driving force was just to capture and document the tradition and pride of, of, of a city that has embraced a, you know Allegheny High School for you know over a century. Did it start a conversation around should we have saved this place? Were people sort of upset with the demolition? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but but that that conversation had ended. That's what prompted the whole thing. So I, it ultimately came to my knowledge that it was going to ultimately be raised. And that's when I thought to myself, well, when I looked into that basketball court and saw that, that cinematic image in my mind, I thought to myself, well, this is the last chance. If anybody's going to do something in there like this, it's going to be me. And uh, I, I just thought that I had, I had a, like a vision that was a little bit unique because I don't have a history preservation background. So I didn't look at it from that angle. And um, I think it was just one of those things that kind of evolved because it was such a dark time. We had COVID, we had, uh, it was just, uh, you know, a, a lot of negativity towards the building because no, you know, people, people hold, hold their high school dear because they grow up in high school. So this became a very positive thing in, a, in kind of a dark time and people just embraced it uh, almost immediately. Do you think if this kind of project had happened earlier, the building might have been saved? That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. I, to tell you the truth, um, I, I, 90% of my, of my thought is no, just because it had really, it had really gone downhill uh, structurally. Um, right. And, it, and, you know, it was built in 1925 through 1926 and, then there was a lot of additions put on throughout the years. So it was, it almost turned in like to like a Frankenstein building. Like if you were inside the building, there was always like, uh, you're an incoming freshman. You're like, you know, immediately that you're going to get lost in this building because it was not easy to navigate the hallways to your classes and stuff because it was put together throughout the century, uh, different parts of the building. So, but it was just kind of derelict inside over the years. But if you were, if you were in there at the time, as a student, you wouldn't notice. You didn't know any better. It was your high school, and you, you didn't really notice that it was, had kind of started to, uh, you know, not fall apart, but it was just old, and there was a lot of issues. It was still using coal boilers, uh, stuff like that. So uh, it was just could have had been saved not as a high school and possibly repurposed as something else. It would have taken a lot of money to do something like that, and that could have been a possibility, And but it, as far as a facility for a high school, I believe that one was probably needed. Interesting. So why don't we take a break here, come back, and then let's talk about 
the historic research methods class and all that kind of stuff, and then what's coming up next for you. Um, and we'll do that right here in PreserveCast. Historic preservation can't happen without skilled tradespeople to perform the work. And there's a critical need right now for those tradespeople. The Campaign for Historic Trades, powered by Preservation Maryland, is working to meet that need by strengthening apprenticeship opportunities within historic trades. In partnership with the National Park Service's Historic Preservation Training Center and Conservation Legacy, the campaign is currently recruiting for NPS Traditional Trades Apprenticeship Program, or TTAP. TTAP's an intensive 20-week apprenticeship that provides young adults the chance to learn historic trade skills while working on America's most iconic historic sites. Multiple positions are open for the 2022 season at national parks across the country. Visit historictrades.org for more information on TTAP and how to apply today. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're joined by Michael Hunter Thompson. We've been talking about his effort to document uh, a historic school in Cumberland, Maryland, um, and be able to kind of put together this exhibit. Um, and we didn't mention before, where is the exhibit actually being displayed? And, and can people, if people are listening and aren't in Cumberland, is there a way that they can see it? Absolutely. It's, uh, my, my portion of the exhibition is going to be at the Allegheny Arts Council downtown on North Center Street. And it's basically going to be the photos that I took. I'm going to print them up uh, large format. Uh, and, and every photo is, is a different kind of uh, cross-section of high school life. Everything from, you know, football players to, um, you know, shop class, chemistry lab, the basketball court, even, even girls smoking in the bathroom. I mean, I got everything you could imagine. Uh, and every, and in every photo, there's a diff- there's like intermingled generations of people. So alumni from 1955 are, are in the same image as a, like an alumni from 2001 and so on and so forth. So I also got uh, permission to go into the building and kind of uh, remove anything that I felt that was significant and shouldn't go down with the ship. So those items will also be installed into the gallery along with my photos and other like little historical mementos and special, uh, special items that came from the project. So that'll be at the Allegheny Arts Council in July. And if people are listening but want to see it, is there a way that you're there's going to be able to see it online? I believe they will have an online gallery, uh, which they, the Allegheny uh, Arts Council has been doing for their, um, you know, last year or so with their with their uh, exhibition. So that shouldn't be difficult to do. Fantastic. And we'll put a link to there um, in the show notes. So tell us about the historic, historic research methods class. I think people listening... And I want to have a conversation before we go too about, um, you know, sort of lessons learned and people listening around the country, you know, it's fascinating what you did in Cumberland, but, you know, how people could kind of pick up and use what you did to to look at other sites um, that they might be be thinking about. But tell us about this this class in 1999 and, and how the program worked with you to kind of preserve this legacy. I, I tell you, it's very unique and uh and wonderful class that's taught up at Allegheny High School. I believe it may be the only of its kind in the nation at a public high school. Uh, what they do is they, it's the class is started in 1999, and and what they do is they they pick a they pick a subject that's like an Allegheny County uh, historical community subject, and they've done uh, what they do is they they chronic they they try to research a historical event 
or a subject that has to do with the area. And uh, they do that the entire year. And at the end of the year, um, they, they usually publish a book, an oral history book. They go and then they interview people. They've done it on World War II veterans. They've done it on the Depression, theaters throughout the state. Black, um, actually, uh, let's see here. Oh, they've done one on African-American history in Allegheny County. And uh, they've done 15 books in total. And this year, um, they didn't do a book. They've kind of uh, seen what, how, how this project has come together. And I started receiving a lot of historical artifacts, just people starting to give me items. And it just became a little bit too overwhelming and too many items to fit into the gallery. So what they're doing this year is the students are curating and, and, uh, and they're, they're getting together a, another exhibition, which will also be in downtown Cumberland at the Allegheny Museum. And it'll just be historically based information and artifacts about Allegheny High School from its beginning in 1887 all the way up to the present. Uh, and they'll have many artifacts. Actually, one of the really cool things that they're doing is um, they went into Minecraft, the video game Minecraft, mm -hmm. and they used drone footage to uh, do like a scaled down model of the Sedgwick Street building, the one that's being raised. And what they're doing is they, they're doing a seven foot uh, scaled down model in Legos of the school, uh, which is... I've seen this thing. It is unbelievable that these kids are doing this. Uh, but that's just one portion of the exhibition that they're doing. It's fascinating. And uh, you you said you graduated. Did you take the class when it was happening? <laughs> no. No, I really wish I had, though. Uh, that was – it wasn't really called the Historical Research Methods class when it, in 1999 when I graduated. That was the first year that they did it. It was almost like a special project that they worked on. It was, a, it was about a silk mill here in Allegheny County. Uh, about the history of it and uh, it kind of just grew and grew and uh, Brian White who's the teacher now has really kind of evolved it into this new not new now but it's it's become a, like a pretty major um, course here in Allegheny County that I think should should definitely get some attention it's very fascinating yeah well maybe uh, listeners can stay tuned we sounds like a great uh, preserve cast for us to, to jump in and, I, think, and, I think so yeah, and talk to them. So, um, so we know where it's where it's being exhibited. We know what you've done to do this, and and sort of the impetus for it, and the loss of the building. If people around the country are listening, they're like, "Well, that's cool," but I don't live in Cumberland, or I don't really know about Allegheny High. Were there any lessons learned that you would share with people? Say like, "Well, do this," or get in advance, get involved earlier, or you know, is there are there things that you learned along the way that you wish others would know if they were trying to do something like this? Uh, what I've learned is communities communities embrace the buildings that kind of make up their landscape. And when a building, a building isn't just about a building. A building is about the community that that you know interact with with the with the structure. Uh, that is what I've learned is is the the people make up the building and what it means to the community. And when something important to the community, a structure like that is in jeopardy of being lost, um, they, real, they will come together and embrace a project that could potentially save it or, they, or could potentially 
come together in a, in a, in a project that documents it and preserves it in memory. Um, and, and, and really what, uh, what I've learned is uh, with this specific thing is, and I'm sure it's like this across the nation is when a building is in jeopardy, it's a lot of negative, 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 negative for, for years about, is it going to be gone? Why is it going to be gone? Uh, why is it going to be torn down? What could be done? And it's just a lot of just friction and things like that. And, and that's, and, and a project like this at the very end of a building's lifespan, um, whether or not it's going to be repurposed or raised, it, it, it's like one big positive jolt of energy into the community uh, right before the building's going to be changed or, or, com or just completely gone. Um, and I, I believe that other communities could take this project, what I've done here, and kind of spin it the, the way that they think it would be best for their community, put their own flavor on it. And it's, it's basically like I'm doing a book on this. It, was, it became clear that, it, that people wanted a book done on this. So, um, and when these people get, have an opportunity to see this book and have this book, it is a keepsake. It's, it's the building. It's, it's the feelings that they had whenever they were participating in the, in the, in the uh, project whether or not they participated or not, they, they probably know somebody that did because it's such a small community and everybody knows everybody. And it's just, uh, I tell you, it's, 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 it's been fascinating to just uh, learn how much a building means to a community, I guess, if you boil it down to that. I think it's interesting that you said early on, you sort of, sort of an all shucks and you were like, well, I'm not really a preservationist, but, and I, I'm not sure I've heard a, a better uh, case for preservation than what you just made. So you, 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 I think you, you, whether or not you like it, you're a preservationist now, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, people tell me I'm like an accidental historian. <laughs> I like it. The accidental preservationist. So what's next? I mean, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, are you giving up sales and just going into preservation <laughs> photography? What's the, well, what's the, what's the plan? Well, the, the sales has, has, the sales has been like the backbone of my, of my financial stability. <laughs> you know, uh, photography is not an easy, uh, you know, thing to, to make money. It's, it's, it's hard, but it's my path. It's like a creative itch. I have to scratch. If it's, if I don't, if it's not there, there's something wrong. I have to do it. It's really become something that uh, I love to do. And the way, and the kind of photography that I do is if you have to, I have to have people involved. <laughs> so you get to know a lot of people doing it. And I, I set up these photos a certain way and, and people come kind of come together and, uh, and are, are part of these pictures that I do. And they, they just love, they, at first, they're like, I don't know if I, if I want to do that. And then they, I kind of talk them into it and they come and do it. And, and they just love it. And, uh, and they have that story to tell. And, and, of course, we have that relationship moving forward that, hey, we came together and did this thing. And we'll always have that, you know. Uh, <laughs> and we have those memories surrounding that. And it's always just a fun thing to do. And uh, I, trust me, I'd love to do more projects like this because it's really opened my eyes. Uh, what you can do with photography and uh, preservation. Uh, like I said, I didn't come at this uh, from a preservation angle. So people keep telling me that, you know, I don't think inside the box, the preservation historical box, I was kind of thinking outside 
not on purpose. It's just the way I, I uh, the vision that I had because I, I didn't know any better, really. So um, if uh, people were... And this is just so for so for people kind of listening who are interested in me becoming they've they've heard about Cumberland and now they want to go visit. Um, you got any favorite things that you would recommend people come and take a look at if they're in your community? We got I tell you, this has become a big cycling hub because we have the CNO Canal, the towpath, um, the bike trail, right. which start, which starts here in Cumberland and it goes down to like uh, the D.C. area. Uh, but it also is where the towpath bike trail connects with the Gap bike trail, which starts also starts in Cumberland and goes to like Pittsburgh. So people come from all over the place because uh, it's very scenic and it's I mean they're it's a big deal. Uh, we also have the scenic railroad where a steam engine um, takes you from Cumberland up to Frostburg, which is about uh, you know seven eight miles up the road and you get to experience that we have like the polar express kind of thing and at the christmas time this is where the national road started also um i mean it's a very historical spot and um it's very scenic too it's where you know some some marylanders like in the central part of the state or even in the western or uh, yeah the eastern part of the state they don't realize that all the way out here in Western Maryland, we have this, these very scenic mountains and uh, little historical towns that uh, have the, have, uh, they're just quaint and very artistic. And a lot, we have like an influx and, uh, and concentration of uh, artists around here, uh, which always makes things more interesting in my opinion. So, uh, I mean, Cumberland has a lot to offer. Uh, it, it really does. And uh, I think we should uh, put a little magnifying glass on it and uh, try to expose some of the great things that are that are out here. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think Cumberland is a gem and it's uh, I, I like to think that it's it could be like Maryland's Asheville if it played. Its hey, cards, we right? have said stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's and it's the truth. It, it, it really could be that way. I always I always tell my wife, I'm like, in our lifespan, in our lifetime, we're going to see Cumberland have this renaissance. Uh, and I think it's happening. It's going to happen. I'm very confident in it. It, it. It's right here. It's two hours from Pittsburgh. It's two hours from Baltimore. It's two hours from Washington, D.C. And, and what's come out of this pandemic is you don't have to live in a, in a city to do the work that you need to do. You can live in a place like Cumberland and be virtual and have much, much lower <laughs> mortgage payment and, and, and have the ability to do whatever you want to do and, and live in a nice little quaint town and get to wherever you need and not that amount in, in a small amount of time. Well, this has been a, uh, wasn't meant to be, but it's been a great ad for Cumberland. So hopefully people listening <laughs> who, are, who are cyclists get out there and visit. It is a beautiful place, a great place to visit during, during yeah. the, um, during summer anytime, but summer is beautiful. And uh, the fall. there's just, the yeah. Autumn huge amount of public oh, land to, yeah. to get out and see. So before we go, we ask this of everyone beyond Allegheny High, what's your favorite historic place or site? In Cumberland or just in general? Anywhere. Oh, man. You know, as a kid, as a kid, I used to love going with my family to Ocean City on the boardwalk. Um, I've always been drawn to the ocean and and that life 
just being next to such a, uh, the enormity of uh, an ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and having that right there and being able to walk it up, up and down as a kid and now taking my kids there and seeing them, you get your saltwater taffy, you get your your, your uh, <laughs> salt and vinegar fries and all that stuff. And you get it to go on the rides and you get to see the social aspect of interacting with people walking by you the entire time. And, and uh, you know, I, I always have loved that. Uh, I know that's a historic place, but, uh, and maybe not the answer that like the answer. No, it's, people, it's, yeah. no, it's perfect. It's, you know, it's places that speak to us. And, and I think uh, be hard pressed, uh, to, to find a Marylander who hasn't, hasn't been there and, and doesn't right. have a fondness for it. So it's a, it's a perfect capstone and, and you couldn't go any further from Cumberland in Maryland. I don't know. So, I mean, you I fall know. off the edge otherwise. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun to talk with you. We'll have to have you back. Um, maybe when the book is out and people can, uh, we'll put links to that in the show notes and to your website. Um, and it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nicholas. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.